Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Club Paradise podcast. This is Rohan, and I'm here with my buddies Nick and Matesh. Today, we're going to discuss something that's a little bit outside of our wheelhouse, but nonetheless, still a cultural phenomenon in itself, and that is the Netflix original series, Indian Matchmaking. This is the first Western reality television show that's put a spotlight on Indian culture, and frankly, it's probably the first look behind the curtains of how modern arranged marriages work for a lot of their viewers. If you've seen the show, I'm sure it's been a topic of conversation amongst your friends and family. And while it's a lighthearted show, I'm sure a lot of that conversation has been around the conflict of the show and how it portrays Indian culture. So we're going to spend some time up front addressing that and then get into our thoughts about the participants in the show as a whole. So with that, sit back, enjoy, and again, welcome to Club Paradise. Let me tell you guys a story. It's a Sunday morning. It's my wife's birthday. We're pretty exhausted from the weekend, sitting on the couch, nothing to do. She turns on Netflix. The banner for Netflix is the show that I had not heard of until that day. Indian Matchmaker, targeted specifically for us, right in your suggested box, Indian Matchmaker, came out on July 16th. And obviously she's talking to all of her friends and everyone's watched it at this point. So it's her birthday and she goes, do you want to watch this? And at that point, I had heard some of my friends that I would never expected to watch a show like this gave it a shot. So I decided to give it a shot. We killed a whole series in a single day. And what a ride. I was, at first, I was a little bit confused. And then I started forming opinions. And then I was invested and then I I just loved this show by the end of it. Um, so I wanted to start with that. Like this obviously isn't a show that kind of falls within like our typical like sphere of what we typically watch. So for you guys, like what kind of compelled you to watch this show? Wow. What an intro. <laughs> this is like, that was like talk radio for sports. Rohan, you are ready for this. Uh, the, the only thing is it's not about the matchmaker. It's about the matchmaking. (laughs) (laughs) This is right. This is the name of the show is Indian matchmaking. And that's it's a it's a it's a diverse. Yeah, it's a controversial topic. Uh, I was surprised I was being recommended this um, by friends who, like me, swear to not watch reality television or dating television. And so I was reluctant at first, um, but then these same very friends were telling me, hey, no, this is it. This is going to control the zeitgeist for the next three to four weeks amongst your friends group, like it or not. I thought yeah, you were going to sh- say three to four years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, three to four years of my life, maybe, yeah. Um, I was forced to watch this by one, <laughs> by one guy <laughs> and he's on this podcast. <laughs> he can go unnamed, but you know who it is based on the intro just now. <laughs> we needed to do it justice, man. We needed to do it justice. And all three of us had to have a perspective on this. Do you regret watching it after someone on this podcast forced you to watch it? Uh, I would, no, I would say I regret watching it. it I mean, it's like. It's good television. It definitely like for definitely for like our age demographic and 
where I am specifically in my life. Like, I mean, as after like the first episode, I was pretty, I was, I was, I was down to watch it. Um, it's a little, it was a little bit more like, I don't know, not, it's not really in my wheelhouse of things that I watch though. I don't, I'm not a big reality TV guy anymore. Yeah, I think my first reaction was to like put this in the same category as like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, which I actively like try to leave the room when it's on the television. And I I kind of had that perspective going into it. And like by episode one is when I started to actually like have opinions on who this matchmaker was matching these people up with. And like that at that point, I was like, well, we got to watch this through the end. And it was pretty entertaining. Honestly, I felt like um, it was more like a like an MTV show than like a Bachelor or a Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. I felt I feel like I would I would have watched this as like a, like a seventeen year old at nine o'clock on a Tuesday. <laughs> it's interesting because like I've never really seen an Indian reality TV show, but I feel like if like there was gonna be one, like this is what it would be about is like this specific thing like arranged marriages or arranged like matchmaking and like how that plays out in like today with like our generation how that traditional like process works in today's world and i think like if that's the goal of the show i think they did a pretty good job at that and like that's coming from the perspective of someone that doesn't know a lot about it um i definitely have talked to people since i watched the show who do know a little bit more about it and Apparently, it paints a pretty realistic picture of what that process is like, like both the good and the bad. Um, obviously, we're we're all we're all Indian, right? We grew, grew up in Indian households. We have Indian families. So, like, based on your guys' experience, like growing up or just being around your family, like, like what was your perspective on that? Like, do you think did you do you see parts of this show in like people you know and your family as they're trying to like get married? Yeah, I mean, I, I have not partaken in this tradition myself, but none of this was really surprising to me. I felt like culturally um, it matched all my kind of preconceived notions of, of arranged marriage and how it works. Um, I think what's interesting about this show is it really acts as two uh, different, really different styles of television. You have reality TV and you have people that are getting invested in the lives of people looking for love. And we think of it as like just this whole television aspect of, of people dating. But then there's the actual documentary style of learning about this tradition, learning about this culture and following one individual as she kind of navigates this industry in it. And uh, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, as three Indians, we could talk to other Indians and we could talk about the cultural biases and the realities of our culture. And we, I'm sure we'll cover that a lot today. But then it was also fascinating knowing that people outside of Indian race were enjoying this show um, for both for both reasons. They were enjoying the dating element of just people trying to find love, using utilizing this uh, very traditional system, and then also just learning about um, Indian society and specifically through the lens of the matchmaker, but then also. I mean, there's characters, there's individuals from both sides of the world, right? There's individuals we resonate with in America as well as India, and there's very similar thoughts that go through people's minds as well as you could kind of see some of the societal differences. So you mentioned, like, there, there's this documentary aspect to it. Do you think that that was intentional? Like, do you think they went out to make this show 
to be informative in for, for at least part of what they were trying to do? Or do you yeah. think that just kind of came up as like discussions about this show started to happen? No, I, I think what's interesting is they made this show um, out of the Netflix studios in America. So like we think of this as, oh, this is reality TV for Indians. But honestly, this is much more a westernized production. You just have someone from India playing the star role. Like uh, most of the people I talk to from India have had heavily criticized this show um, because they don't want to see this depiction. But for how it's how it's created, the production value, it's made for an American audience. And for most of those people, they've never even understood the concept of arranged marriage, how it functions. And so they themselves are learning so much throughout this process. And a lot of them appreciate learning about a new culture. And then just like any reality TV show, then they start to get invested in the characters. They start to they want them to find love. Um, so it's it's really interesting seeing it from both lenses and then knowing uh, and then asking yourself, are you satisfied from both sides of it? Sure. And I think that that's interesting, right? That like the, the American audiences or the Western audiences that have no idea about what this whole process is like there, this is, this show is going to be a lot of their first insight into that. And I think like from some, from talking to some of my family in India, I think that's like one of the main pain points with this show is that when you're painting this picture of an Indian culture for a lot of people that haven't really been exposed to it, their first exposure to it is this reality television show that's highlighting just certain aspects of Indian culture that are almost outdated at this point. <clears throat> Excuse me, that are almost outdated at this point. And we'll get into it a little deeper, but like, it, how do you guys, like, as Indians, like, how do you feel about that? That like Americans are using this reality television show to learn about our culture? Honestly, I think that's kind of how the world works in 2020, right? We're watching a Netflix documentary. Like, we're watching content. That's how we learn about most new things in today. It's either a YouTube video, a podcast. So I just think it's a form of digestible content. Sure. Yeah, you're very heavy on, like, the uh, documentary aspect of this. And you're, you've said that a few times now. Honestly, when I was watching this, I was watching it like another reality television show. Like I was taking it super lightly at the time. I was laughing at shit that was like, I don't know. I was just laughing at everything, basically not taking it seriously at all. And then I did like all of the post show reading and people take, took this show very seriously as a representation of Indian culture. And I just didn't, didn't see it at the time. I guess it's, it was like more after the fact where I noticed all of that. I feel like that's just a product of, where we are as a society in 2020 like everybody is micro analyzing anything that comes out especially if it has to do with race or culture um and i think that that's just something that's bound to happen i think if you release this in like 2011 that this would be like celebrated more amongst i mean amongst like brown people in america and just like society as a whole like it wouldn't be like you wouldn't be looking so or like micro analyzing like all the characters what they're saying like the, the views that they represent it would just be like another show that you're like seeking like entertainment for or like want to you know see where the characters end up but it's not like this is how this is what's going to represent our society as indians now like i don't know i don't know if it's i don't know if they set out to do that in intentionally but now that's ex that's exactly what's happened and i think if they ever do a season two that they're gonna do it way more focused on like 
I don't know so how like how Sima Auntie like talks about um, just like the caste system and how it works and who would be available to certain people based on like you know different aspects about them or whatever and so I, I would I would be interested to see like how serious it becomes like moving forward versus like kind of how light it was this time around. Yeah, I mean, I think we need to just to kind of address the elephant in the room, which are the criticisms um, in traditional arranged marriage and how a lot of Hindu society functions. Um, aspects of casteism, um, a favoritism towards light skin, so colorism, and then an overall misogyny, misogynism towards women. Um are kind of the darkest, some of the darkest elements of Indian culture and society, especially when you think about historically and traditionally. Um, so a very fair criticism you'll find among Western contemporaries, as well as a lot of the Indian youth, which are now challenging that these exact same systems are saying, hey, why is Netflix putting on a show for millions and millions of people to see that's going to highlight these three exact doctrines that we're trying to fight to change? Right. Yeah, and, you nailed it. And, and it's completely fair in that element. And Nikhil, you kind of said it. It's 2020. Like, why, of all, like, 10 years ago, people would give this a pass. But right now, as the entire world is challenging their own perspectives. Like, is this appropriate to share? And for so many people that are learning about this tradition for the first time, is that what you want to show on the screen? So for me, like, I, I think those criticisms are fair. I feel like if that's the way that people think, then that's what should be portrayed on the show because that's reality. Like, that's how it really is. I think if you try to doctor it and make it seem and try to if you like if you're going to put out a show like this and you try to like make it seem like it's this process that it's not and they're not, you know, looking at the cast of the people or like the race or how old they are, or, like how they look or their families and stuff like that. Like if you're really trying to make a show that's realistic, like you got to show that aspect of it because that's what the truth is. Like, that's what they used to do in the past and they're still doing now, like in certain parts and for certain families and for certain people like um i think to falsify it and to like you know water it down and to make it seem like it's something that it's not is not really doing our culture any justice like yeah if we want things to change then we should show an accurate portrayal of what what this process is actually like and how it is for people of indian culture like here and in you know in america and in india so why, you know, why water? I, that's, I mean, yeah, that, why water it down? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And, like, at the end of the day, it's only raising this conversation. Um, it's only pointing to light that these are issues that, hey, this is the norm for a lot of people. And society does need to change. So I think it's okay. Personally, I think it's okay to have that conversation. And then another aspect of it, also enjoy this content for what it is, which is some mix of a dating show, like lighthearted documentary with fun production that's very easily consumable. 
I, I completely agree with you, Nick, that like there's no really way to do a Indian matchmaking show that's politically correct because the process at its core is just probably just frankly just non PC. But I I think that people's issue with it is that all of this was happening. It's a re it's a realistic uh, picture of what it's like. But then they don't say anything about it and they don't address it on the show. Like it's like Sivanti like says some pretty like outlandish shit like at times when it comes to like women need to be be willing to compromise whereas men can like go through 150 pictures of biodatas and it's okay, right? Like that was one of the, the main criticisms of the show that that was happening on the screen blatantly and they never actually addressed that this is a concern in Indian society today with that exact demographic of people that are on the show. Yeah, but I don't think they wanted to make it like a political statement. Like maybe they yeah. were in season two, but like season one, if that's not what the point of the show is, which I don't think it was, I think it was just supposed to be like a dating show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and every, and as I said, because, because it's 2020, this has now become some type of political statement. Exactly. And so, and so, you know, if you don't address it, then you're going to get screwed. So next season, if they even have it, like they're going to have to address that type of stuff. They're going to have to like point out these things and like, show the conversations about like people challenging like what Seema Auntie is saying or whatever whoever the matchmaker is is saying like you know why do you think like this like I believe this like it, it's going to be a lot of that I feel like if they keep moving forward with it so obviously like th this show right was made for two different audiences and it's made clear by like the the contestants or the participants that they have on the show well I guess three audiences but the two that I think of right off the bat are American Indians who are actively participating in the show, and a lot of them are in similar situations in their lives. And then Indians that live in India, who are who are also featured as participants in the show, but then outside of Indians, right, like Westerners. Um, but I was really interested in, like, because there's so much conflict in the show, and, like, there's so much... Um, it, it hits it, it shines a light on something that hasn't had the spotlight on it before in Western media. I was interested in how we perceive this show as American Indians versus how this is being perceived in India, right? Because they're, they're that's like that's their culture, right? This is an Indian traditional Indian concept that's probably a little bit more part of their everyday lives, or that's what I assumed than us, right? So had a conversation with um, a cousin of mine who's like around our age at 24, 25. And she's essentially like watching the show with her friends. And I just asked her like, well, how, how is, how do those conversations go? What are, what are your, what are your friends takes on this? And basically she was saying that they don't know anyone that really has arranged marriages today. Like they know people that have had arranged marriages, but of the friends that are dating right now, they're all what the show would call love marriages or dating, whatever, <laughs> right? Like they, yeah. they go they go so far as to like bifurcate the difference and give it a name, right? Um, they also the huge like one of the overwhelming reactions is just like the in, like just the over dramatization of it, right? They like she told me it paints a very real picture, and that's like a lot of people's issue with it is that it hits too close to home sometimes with how dramatic it is. No, like like the actual painting, the picture of what that process is like, and like the act, like the dark side of the quote unquote dark side of it, right? Where you, you prefer light skins, like some people prefer light skins. Some people, you have to be in the same cast. They have to be tall, like all these things, right? Like it's shining a light on that. But like there were certain parts of this that like are kind of like consistently 
the most hated parts of the show. And one of those is like when C Monty goes to like the Bundeth to get like the faces read of <laughs> yeah. these pictures, they're all like, Where did that come from? And why is this on TV for Westerners to see? Like, is this what people are gonna think now? Like like have you guys ever seen anything like that? Like I mean I've like, seen it, the I've seen the ads on uh those Indian channels for astrologers. Astrologists. They have Yeah, that? man. Astrology is big. Yeah, it's like, a real thing, dude. Yeah, it's they have it's, that. There's, there's that one guy that's always on those fucking ads. Every culture has some individual that's gonna like predict the future. Like But like America has that too, right? But like you they're probably like psychos, right? But they took that, the Indian version of that, and put it on Netflix to be like, hey, this is a part of like the arranged marriage process. Like I, I thought that that was a little bit weird that they I did. I feel that. like it's not that crazy. I feel like this is a pretty big thing already in um, yeah in like our in like U- the United States. Like a lot of people follow the like co- what is it astrology Cos- cosmic astrology <laughs> yeah auspicious yeah, days. Like, yeah, I mean I'm a Virgo, but this I, wasn't even astrology shit. at this point. They were just, this guy was just looking at their faces <laughs> yeah. on their like, pictures. It, yeah, this is also a dramatic show. Like that's what the dramatic version of it is going to look like. I think you're like hitting on a point, Rohan. Though that like. It's very easy to want to paint this picture that this is what all of India does. But India is so massive. There's over a billion people. There's like so many different subcultures where there's certain ones where like this is the norm and every single person does this. And then there's so many where they're like, oh, that's an antiquated part of our culture that like none of my friends would even consider. So that's what's like, uh, I think, pretty interesting and what kind of gives me I mean, even even as like Indians in the States for us, like we can feel more comfortable because none of us are like forced to go through this. Right. Love marriage is the norm in Western society. So we could be like, oh, ha ha. Our parents did this. But for other aspects of India, like it's still the majority. Um, But there's not like a one size fits all. Like it's based on society, state, population, urban versus rural areas. So you have such a diversity um, within the country itself. And that, again, adds to more kind of criticism of like, hey, do you like if Westerners just think of India as one place and we're all one people, like, do we want to highlight that? But I think just knowing like there is diversity and there's different aspects and philosophies. It kind of gives me comfort to show this because, hey, it's like this is one very real aspect of society, but this doesn't represent everybody. And like you can still enjoy this for what it is at face value of just entertaining content. So the show features some characters, right? Like they, they did a good job of kind of introducing a diverse set of participants on this show, all centered around this matchmaker who's trying to find them their perfect match. Um, so I do want to start to talk about some of those characters and just our thoughts. There, there are some really funny characters. There's some, Characters that take themselves very seriously, and there's some characters that are just very cringy. So I want to touch on just, I want to like, for us three, we'll just go in a circle, bring up like a character you want to touch on, and let's just, let's just go at it. Um, so I think like just to start off, right, the show is centered around, and I'll bring this up first, uh, this woman Seema Taparia, who is the matchmaker, right? And She's from Mumbai. I, I don't know if you remember. She's from Mumbai. Yeah. Right? That's a big part of the show. Huge part of the show. And she's actually flying out to all of these people, meeting with their families, 
listening to all of the family's just baggage and she just she is silent throughout that whole thing collecting information like a sponge and that is one of the first things i noticed about the show that she was just being a g about a lot of this and that's when i kind of started to like the show and i was like oh, okay she's kind of a badass like this isn't like a reality <laughs> tv star she's just like she's just fucking in there like doing her thing like she might be really good at this what were you guys first takes on sima Dude, Seema is an all-star auntie. Like, at every family party, you're going to run into someone that's just like this social butterfly and that can kind of handle themselves in different rooms. Seema's handling herself in different rooms across the globe. Like, one minute she's at a party in San Diego. The next she's talking to a client in, in Mumbai. Before you know it, she's in Texas. Like... She can really make moves. And honestly, like I, minus all the things that we talked about at the top, I respect her. Like she can handle such wide personalities. And at the end of the day, she's serving her clients and has her clients best intentions. Like (laughs) Seema's got finesse. Yeah. She's like stone cold, like real with her clients like like she does not hesitate to tell them like it is which is i think was like what pissed a lot of people off but just like from a getting it done for your client standpoint like i think she's probably she's really good at her job or that's how it comes off at least on the show we would hope (laughs) they never really told us what happened to any of these people so that's actually there there was actually an article about where they are today obviously right like with all these reality shows and like apparently None of the people on the show or none of the uh, matches on the show actually ended up getting married and none of them are together still today. So like, so is she that good at her job? Is she that yeah. Good? What What do you guys think about that? Like, is this bad <laughs> PR mean, you, for you guys, her? You guys clearly have a, have a solid opinion that she's an OG. I, I do wonder, like, in an actual situation, like what her match rate is. I wonder if you're an Indian person looking for an arranged marriage. Do you go based on percentages? Is there like a Yelp, a Yelp of matchmakers? I actually searched and there is not, there is not. I did some Googling. There is no like central Yelp location for these match matchmakers. Then how do you know they're, they could just be telling you anything. Well, based on what we saw on the show and the information we have, her match rate is 0% (laughs) as of right now. (laughs) I need like all the stats. Like (laughs) it's like, what is your match success rate? How many like cross races matches have you done like i want a basketball card that breaks down everything a c monty rookie card yeah exactly <laughs> Seema's first year in the league she just matched like 30 indians in she like was, a month it was, was crazy super intrigued by the guy in east thing she's like "Ooh, i got another guy in yeah. east for you <laughs> i got one of those. she's like i've been waiting for another one <laughs> yeah it was like she pulled out a rare pokemon card or something <laughs> like, boom <laughs> hit you with the guy in east guy yeah yeah she's got the i also love how she's got like the associate like phone book she's like hmm i'm stumped let me call my deli woman girl <laughs> And her deli girl says like controversial shit that just pisses off on Kita. But yeah, like she's always got all like, the viewpoints. Yeah, I hated she... that lady. I hated <laughs> that lady. Tough. I liked her, dude. I would pick her over Seema. Oh wow. Ooh. That's controversial. I like the way yeah. that she she tried to get to know the people. She said her approach was more holistic. 
that that really sold me when she said holistic in the pitch. <laughs> She's she was hitting on the right words. Yeah. That's what you want. I, I hear. need a holistic approach if I'm going to do this. <laughs> I actually really like the scene where they were sitting on like the couches, like almost like a day show, and they were going back and forth on their their viewpoints and methodologies and breaking <laughs> it down like it's a science. Like I enjoyed that. That was pretty. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and and regarding your whole uh, criticism of is she even good. I'll quote Seema. Marriages are breaking like biscuits. (laughs) Like in today's society, I mean, it's just harder for people to be content. And you throw that in the fact that these people are dating on a reality television show. Could you imagine going on a first date with cameras around you? Yeah, dude. That's what makes you question reality television in general. (laughs) That makes me question all reality television in general is that people are going to act differently if you put a camera in their face, man. Like that—that—that's my underlying thought as I'm watching this show. Is like—is are are these people like putting on an act right now, or is this even real? What am I watching? Well, I feel like you can be real, and they could still cut you to like fit their—I don't know—their their created narratives. Right. I feel like that—that's a—that was a big deal for for certain people on this show too. Like, I don't know if we actually got to know these people, like all of them, actually how they are in real life versus like how they how they're either portrayed or how they acted based on like being in front of a camera or being cut after you know in post production or whatever. Yeah, I I figure like they're all probably way more practical than their show. I mean, you kind of hit it <laughs> they're like They're all successful. Producers of uh reality TV shows are like just looking for wild contestants. And meanwhile, these are all like successful educated Indian uh like first or second generation immigrants in this country that have all done like incredible things. And they're just like, Oh, this girl, this girl's got some takes. Let's make her the star. Like Aperna is really like the most controversial character just in terms of like the things that she says. But at the end of the day, she's like a very successful independent lawyer that just like, doesn't like relaxing (laughs) (laughs) or laughing, which is pretty insulting. Yeah. As someone that relaxes, I took a lot of offense to that. And I like to laugh, and that really got me when she said she yeah. didn't like to laugh. It's one of the many things that she doesn't like. She actually, let's, let's actually jump to Aperna. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, the, she, I think in every conversation or every like scene of hers on the show, she names a different thing that she doesn't like, which includes comedy, beaches, Disney World, the outdoors, relaxing, people that don't know Bolivia has salt flats. <laughs> Like, like she's just all over the place, man. And I'm wondering, like, is, is that her? Like, do do we do we see a Perna or do we see like the reality television sh- version of like what she wanted to be on television? I feel like we got like a hyped up version. I feel like you can't hide it all, and there's certain answers to these questions that you know you you can't like cut. And um, but I also feel like she can't. This can't be it. Like. There's got to be more to like who she is as a person. I think they're just focusing on like how very specific and like uncompromising she was. Like I think that's what they wanted her narrative to be. And then like as the show goes on, you you see her like taking more chances on like <laughs> the people or whatever. And like that that's how they like made her character like move throughout the the season of television. Is just like oh she's uncompromising, but after this show <laughs> and talking to Seema Auntie. 
that she is now going to be this compromising individual <laughs> and will definitely find love at some point in her life. Yeah, they were very obvious about that story arc for her, right? Like the yeah. cut scenes with Seema. She's like, she's very negative. Very, very <laughs> negative. And at the end, she's like, she cares now. Yeah. She, she you cares seem so now. happy. Yeah. Oh, my God. I see so much positivity in you because of me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it's like she's the savior. It's like, eh, I don't know about that. But yeah. Guys, I've got a hot take about Aparna. Say it. And I want to I wanna get your guys' reaction to this. So you have all these characters, girls, guys. They obviously lead off with Aparna. The instant reaction is, oh, we just listed a bunch of shit she hates. She's super judgmental. She's never find happiness. She's very critical. What if we, the audience and society, are just overly critical of her more because she is an independent woman as opposed to her just having specific preferences? Like, there's other characters in the show that's, especially, like, the guys, they're just as picky. They know what they want. And all she's doing is just saying it. She's just like, yo, I'm a lawyer. I've, like, done my own shit. I'm very happy. This is what I want. But, like, everyone's instant reaction is, yo, this girl's the devil. She'll never find love. Isn't but that, then, isn't that, like, a, a highlight on just... I don't know if it, I mean, it could be societal norms in, in America or just I- Indian norms too, like Indian American yeah. norms where it's just like. If you're you a woman with, the, with takes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good and fair point. Like maybe we should, maybe we should be celebrating her for her independence. And I, <laughs> dude, I'm all for it, man. Like I, I really like for like the, for the feminists out there, man. Like I, i I feel that man, like you should not, like it shouldn't be part of a show where she's telling women to compromise and then like you got other people scrolling through 150 bio data is like like the, 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 there's no way that that's fair but i'm just like as a person like when someone someone's at a restaurant and they like outside of the show oh, if you're man, at a restaurant, restaurant comment if you're at a fucking yes. restaurant and at the table next to you you hear it's not a cabernet but it'll do i guess yeah, yeah. like what do you <laughs> think like fuck you like you suck that's that the yeah. worst criticism for her was when she was like i don't like when the guy talks to the wait staff yeah yeah oh, right yeah that that, that was really it. that, that really was got, the one yeah you're right i was yeah. like that right, was pretty yeah. that was pretty bad i was like god damn dude you crazy she's like you need to focus your attention all on me or whatever yeah like god <laughs> also one last thing about her and the show why do they got a shit on podcast the whole time dude the one oh, guy yeah, the with the podcast <laughs> Is a loser. The, the surfer podcast. <laughs> Trini like the know. loser. Yeah. Well, he, dude, he shouldn't have mentioned that he just like left his parents' house like a year or whatever ago, and he, he just got his old place, that. and he's forty-two years old or whatever. I'm like, God, dude, you if you just didn't say that at all, you would have been golden. He would have been golden. <laughs> dude, you didn't need he, to know that. Aperna put him on blast, dude. He, she's like, so, so he's, he's like, oh, I make like speeches and I like do all these educational sessions, and she's like. Oh, so you're like good enough at that to talk about it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he, she put him on blast, dude. Shreedy the loser. <laughs> I felt bad for that guy. All right, I'm gonna talk about my my favorite character, <laughs> and that is uh, Pradyum. 
Uh, also, I'm going to refer him exclusively as Light Skin Diamond Guy or LDG. Isn't it Perjuman? I think it's Perjuman. <laughs> Perjuman. 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 Three Indian guys that can't say an Indian name. <laughs> Ain't that a podcast? We're, we're yeah. killing it, guys. We're <laughs> yeah. killing it. <laughs> okay, so this guy... <laughs> I'm just going to walk completely past that. Uh, this guy is... He's clearly rich. He's the diamond guy. Come on now. He's well-mannered, educated, stylish. He's got impeccable taste. He's also a chef. He's all, yeah, he's, he's a chef. And he's a little bit picky. And I feel like he's very polarizing because on one hand, he's, he's, been, a, he's been tough. Tough on the ladies. There's the famous 150 biodata rejections, which we need to get to. But then there's also the aspect where he's just looking for someone to stimulate him mentally and physically. Great. And line. isn't that what we all want in life? This is hitting very close to home with Matesh. <laughs> <laughs> I think. So. I mean, I would think so. Yeah. But some I people mean, just don't put that much emphasis on one or the other. That's the big thing. He wants both. So 150 might probably make sense for him if he's going to be that picky. So this guy came out like on Instagram with like a response to all the criticisms. He's basically like, hey, man, like everyone's on Tinder. How yeah. many times you swipe left on Tinder? At least 150. A week. He, yeah. A week. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> now that I know where Batesh is point. at. <laughs> That's a pretty good yeah, point, I feel. I, I yeah. think that's valid, right? Because he's not, like, seeing... He didn't see or meet 150 girls. He's just going through 150, like, biodatas, which is essentially, like, swiping through Tinder. Exactly. Biodatas are old-school Tinder profiles. Hmm. Like, it's just the evolution of that. The only difference is the filtering on the biodatas are, like, a thousand times better. But ultimately, like, this guy is, uh, he knows what he wants, and he's not willing to settle. And the difference between him and Aperna is all this guy is saying is no. He's not, like, criticizing all these girls to their face or the matchmaker. I think the reason why people are going to be less, people are critical of this guy, but they're going to be less critical is because he's not, like, obnoxious about it. He's just like, yeah, why would I get married if that if they're, I'm not interested in them? Right. He comes off as very passive and like, um, what's the word? He comes off like he's rejecting. He's rejecting people. But in reality, he's just not. He's just waiting. Like, I don't know. I thought, I thought that was fair. Yeah. Like, you sign up for this matchmaking service. You're going to wait until, like, you made a match. You're not just going to, like, jump at the first, like, six. But then at the same time, I feel like people's issue was less with him and more with Seema's like reaction to him right like she was waiting patiently with him or she was getting a little pissed but she wasn't like you need to compromise right now yeah whereas like a perna met like what like three guys and she's like you're very negative i think that's where the issue came in and i could see that i don't think it's an issue with him i think it's more of like an issue of the process and like realities of that yeah even how they filmed this like I felt like every cutscene that was introducing him was like from Fast and the Furious or some sort of like urban hip hop video. Like it was always him in a car driving through the streets of Mumbai. Yeah, it's Fast like, and Furious Mumbai. Flashy as hell. I was loving it. 
This is life, man. That's his lifestyle. Yeah. He's got a fucking lock pad on his closet. What a fucking <laughs> cool yeah. guy. Dude, that was crazy. With the thumbprint to get in. That's my dream closet, dude. Like how he pulls <laughs> our shoe rack out. Like that. That's so sick. What a cool guy. Yeah. First dates, just taking him motorspec riding. Like, man, this guy's like, if he finds a girl he's interested in, he'll put out all the stops. Like. Yeah, he's take, a classy guy. Take her to that stable. Let her <laughs> let her smell the horses. And let her know, and let her know if she's real. This guy's a catch, man. He's a world class chef. Like that. That's amazing. Yeah, he he had a, me at the first episode. You made, made a smoky, smoky drink. Yeah, yeah, smoky things. Amazing. <laughs> that's. I think the toughest part is like because he's like yeah, like the girl needs to menti- mentally stab- stimulate me. Like I need someone that's gonna challenge me. And then as soon as he meets like a model, he's like yeah. That's the one. <laughs> I found her. She checks all the boxes. And I felt like every girl I know was just like, I call bullshit right at that moment. Yeah. I was like, why can't the girl be both? Is he getting just <laughs> Is he getting just as much shit as Aperno? No. For his stuff? No way. Aperno's getting the most so. shit. Like on the heat, like a heat meter. She has the most heat. And then Prejuman's next. Well, actually, I think it's I. My take on it was it was opposite. I think people are looking at a Perna as some symbol of like feminine feminine independence, and people are looking at our guy uh, LD LDG LDG L by our guy LDG <laughs> as like a symbol of everything that's wrong with this process. Yeah, LDG's Batman. So I, so I do want to bring up. Um, one of the characters that was introduced a little bit later, and he is just very, very different than any character on the show. And he actually comes with like an accompanying character um, who's Akshay and Akshay's mom. Like, I feel like in the show, you can't talk about one without talking about the other. Man. Um, yeah. What were you, what were you guys thoughts on Akshay and just like the, and maybe more so Akshay's mom. Just a sad, sad individual. <laughs> it's just like, I just felt bad just trying to listen to him talk because it just felt like every word that he was saying was not coming out of his mouth at all. Like, I don't know. It just feels like he was like brainwashed over like the course of 25 years. <laughs> what? Yeah. When I think of the plight oh of Indian society, I think it's best representative through this duo, like a very weak childish man boy <laughs> who's just listening to his over controlling mother that is really the one that's leading all of these traditional like inappropriate norms and a dad that wants no part of it the dad like didn't want to be part of the show you could tell like, he wasn't in that, any scenes until he he's like to the be. evil stepmom in like an Indian serial this Akshay's mom character Exactly. Yeah. Like just like a mastermind. <laughs> she has all the plans. She has everything vibed yeah. out. Like you were supposed to get Three married months. in some, some, <laughs> September and then the, the next like his brother or whatever is supposed to have a baby six months after that. It's like how the fuck are you supposed to even control all of that? And she's Not. like stressed out and like my blood pressure. <laughs> she's is constantly high. checking her blood pressure throughout. Yeah. Dude, are you insane? Do you feel bad for Akshay? Yeah, I feel so bad. I feel very bad for this guy. Because I don't I don't even know if like I mean 
he's very indecisive and i feel like he could have used this as an opportunity to like set his mom straight with the, like what his expectations were but he never took the chance right he just kept uh just saying like oh it's not the right girl it's not the right girl but it, i felt like the entire time it's like no i'm scared and i don't want to get married right now because i'm okay with the way things are and i'm down to wait and that's <laughs> the what he first wants. seed the first seed with the jeans where he was just trying to get his brother to pick out a pair of jeans his brother's like you need to get married he's like what about, what about these ones do you like these ones <laughs> yeah dude dude just tiptoeing around the whole thing I think that's what frustrates me the most is like, bro, just like grow a pair and like say no to your mom instead of like buying it. Like this is what continues this system, like him afraid to speak up and him just being like, yo, like I'm not ready for this. Give me a break. Like I'm Akshay. I'm a man that can make my own decisions. Even his dad's like, you don't want this beef. Like you, you're like, you're just going to do it if your mom's like the yeah, do- yeah, power yeah. dynamic of his mom, his dad just talking shit. He was talking, he was talking shit about his mom and him at the meeting with the, with the prospective, uh, like, uh, yeah. bride or whatever. The dad called him a mama's boy at the table and the mom was like offended as fuck. <laughs> She's like, no, he's not. What do you mean? Yeah. He wouldn't say that. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Only someone, only someone that is actually a mama's boy would not say anything in that situation and let the mom speak. No, mommy. I thought that it was going to be his character arc, right? Like by the end of it, he makes his own decision and like he's empowered by it. Well, you would think that about all these characters that they would have come to some conclusion, but there was no arc with a lot of these characters. (laughs) They were the same at the beginning and the end of the show. (laughs) Nothing changed except Aperna, who was very positive by the end of it. I see a lot of positivity in you. I liked her by the end, dude. Like, this is where I actually thought more about the documentary element because I was watching with a friend who's not Indian, and she was like, I don't, like, you don't know what happens to all of these individuals. Like, the show just ends. And the show ends with just, like, Seema listening to another client of hers just talking about all these things. And that's when I was like, damn, the show isn't about the people. It's about Seema and the process. Wow. It's about the process. It's like when you figured out that uh, Entourage wasn't about Vinny and it was about E. Wow. <laughs> Entourage comes up in all of our conversations <laughs> somehow. Very, How did Entourage make it into this Because it's very relatable. <laughs> <laughs> the power dynamics. You know what, though? When I was talking to my family in India, this is one of those things that pissed them off. Is this Akshay guy? And, like, just, like, the fact that he's out there where they're, like, this doesn't exist anymore. First of all, I, I, like, that is probably within a certain demographic, sure. But that pissed them off that this was highlighted in the show. And it painted Indian culture like that. Which is I interesting. Mean, they're only mad right? because it's a, it's a true stigma. And they don't want people to believe that because it, it might not be a case in, in, like, you know, their family or whatever. But I feel like this is, I don't think that it's gone. I think it's I think this is a prevalent perspective. It might not like might not be to this extreme, but I don't know. I don't I think this is a very relatable character for a lot of people. Those were straight up like 90s Bollywood vibes of like, "Hey, I'm in this family that makes all my decisions for me. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you join me?" Can we talk about how sick his house was? Yeah, his house was sick. 
Like, that was a boss meeting. Like, no wonder the dad of the girl was like, do you want her? Like, <laughs> how many meetings do you need? Like, this guy was pressing the hell out of him. She was getting, like, the pressure from all sides. It was nuts. And the girl was just, like, trying to talk to him. His cousin was awesome. The one that yeah. brought him a brownie. Yeah. The she was, was super cool. chill. I was like, damn. They should have set her up on a date with someone. I thought they <laughs> were initially. I thought they were setting him on a date up with her, because I didn't see that they were cousins. <laughs> and I'm like, these two seem like they would match because she has such a bubbly personality, and this guy can't talk for anything. He just keeps saying like, "So what's going on?" And then he says, and then she says it, and then she, the girl says it back, and then he says the same thing. So what are you doing now? Just yeah, yeah. his character was probably. They gave me a lot of stress throughout the show. I felt for that guy. The whole time, I felt like we, he needed a, a like another friend in his life that could help him out, and that wasn't like in his family. He needs to hang he out with uh, LDG. He needs to hang <laughs> yeah. out with LDG. He needed Mitesh to like, oh. I, I yeah, the the diamond guy, but also Mitesh is an independent man. I would have slapped the shirt off Akshay. I'd been like, "Girl, pair, you <laughs> need to fight together, your mom, man." Yeah, <laughs> I would have coached him, and then he literally would have gave his mom a heart attack. And then and then he'd be sad forever. You would so say would he would probably be like, "You need to talk to my mom." And then you would have had to have a talk with his mom, and yeah. then you guys would have got you guys would have gotten into a fight for sure. Exactly. And then I'd go hang out with LDG, and we'd grab tr- very fruity, beautiful drinks in Mumbai and smoke hookah, and it would be a fantastic time. I want to talk about a few of the characters that I actually did really like outside LDG, and I don't know a single person that doesn't. Love Nadia. Like, what a sweetheart. You think? Yeah, she's just like your girl next door. Honestly, I feel like everyone, my reaction was like, how is this girl still single? Like, she's bright. She's fun. She's well-spoken. She's in Jersey. Like, there's... Yeah. Nick, what's your take, man? I feel like you have an opposing view. (laughs) Well, initially, my thought was not to make this podcast about you, Bataj, but I was like, she's single, she's in New York, she needs a good guy who's six <laughs> foot. I'm like, this is Bataj, man. <laughs> that was that was uh, my initial thought. Then, then my Damn. thought was, no, I I think you're you're correct in like how she's portrayed on the show. Like, you know, she it, they made it seem like she got her heart broken and and all this stuff and he was getting ghosted by guys and they just like weren't on the same level as her or whatever um but then i was reading some article about afterwards and like that Vin- the Vinny guy the guy that looks kind of like a guido but like a skinny version um he apparently has another side of the story where like he didn't ghost her and like he had you know things come up and happen and he you know like there there's another side to that story is what uh, is what i'm saying so i don't know like how it how she actually is but i know on the show she's definitely portrayed as the girl next door like super nice and it's like she is like a like a you know just like a regular person that should have been able to like find love at this point and just hasn't been able to because of you know they they made it a point because of if you know guyanese thing yeah yeah i, I- I think it's really easy to buy into stereotypes among Indians. And I think, yeah, they they definitely played the story arc of like, oh, man, she's amazing. Which, I mean, honestly, I have no reason not to think that. But like all the guys. My experience, dude, something's up with (laughs) you. You see trouble. I see trouble. trouble, There's something going on behind the scenes, man. 
I've seen two, kills. <laughs> I've seen too many of these girls that just like you talk to them for like five minutes. You're like, damn, like I, I, I feel like I know this girl. She's super nice, whatever. And yeah. It's just like I've heard so many crazy stories. I like the, I like that Nikhil's like this girl got ghosted, but let's hear his side. <laughs> <laughs> what about the guy in this situation? <laughs> he seems pretty nice. I'm sure he had something going on. Meanwhile, I did like that guy a lot, and it <laughs> yeah. seemed kind of out of nowhere that he started ghosting her. Yeah, you're right. I, we, we should dig Dude, into that a little bit. New York Indian Bros. Yeah, like that's the stereotype they pretty much hit. That these New York Indian Bros are like, they're all jerks. He had he put up a post on Instagram. It's like three pages. It's like yeah, he's, where he just. I'm expl- sure he's getting hated by every single Indian girl. Oh, Wait, what, yeah, did he say? For, <laughs> what did he say? I mean, oh, just man. essentially like where where you know what they told story wise on the show, just like what where he was. Like he had a family issue, and he like said he texted her, but she wasn't she wasn't responding well to it or something like that. Not that he didn't text her at all or whatever and ghosted her like th- like that sort of stuff yeah that whole last part about him i think ghosting her was like the second time <laughs> yeah was apparently like kind of exaggerated and he's like no like that's not exactly what happened <laughs> he like but i, I he just like worked out funny. too hard or something and then he, he yeah. like fainted and he had to get an IV, and he's so he's like, I can't hang out with you because like i don't feel well and then he's later on yeah. he's like, i am down to hang out with you actually and then she wasn't happy about that She's like, you're not being truthful or some shit. It's like, dude, this guy fainted from working out so fucking hard. (laughs) I just think it's funny. (laughs) Indian girls in New York do not trust Indian guys at all. Like, that's just like the stigma of like all these guys are just going to end up ghosting you and breaking your heart. And it's, uh, it's pretty funny to see that stereotype come to life in this. Even though that's probably not exactly what's happening. Again, there's another side of the story, but uh, I I was dying. I've I've been in that situation time and time again, and I'm just like, girl, I'm from Chicago. <laughs> We're bred different. Yeah. Look at Shaker. Look at how nice of a guy he is. Oh, Don't you want to shake her? That's pretty good. That's one of the things I wish they did in the show is interview like the guys that they were or the guys or the girls that they were matched up with after a date and got their take. They did it a few times. And like one of them was what a the guy that uh it was Shaker, I think, I think, after his date with a perno where she's like she's like didn't like relaxing. And they asked him afterwards how you felt about the date. And he's like, well, I feel like I can relax now that that's over. <laughs> <laughs> like whenever they did it, it was super yeah. funny. I didn't feel like they didn't do that enough. Shaker's like the nicest guy, and even he's like, yo, this girl's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but he never said it. Like a good yeah. guy. He never yeah, said exactly. It. Maybe he, he never... did it. They never aired it, dude. Any other characters you guys wanted to touch on? Um... I mean, I just got to shout out my girl, Ankita. Independent, successful, has her own business, like not willing to take the shit of these aunties that are trying to tell her to adjust. Like, we covered this all before. Like, she represents the modern Indian woman who we all, like, want to cheer for. Yeah. So, shout out her. Yeah, I agree. Then, I like that they showed showed her just doing her thing at the end and that she, you know, she wasn't looking for anyone. That was dope. 
they paired her up with a matchmaker that had like the exact opposite viewpoints of her as to like a women's role in a marriage and like yeah. that, that was just asking for trouble. She was supposed to be the modern matchmaker. She was the deli specialist. I also felt like Ankita gave like the easiest descriptions for things. Like she was not super picky at all. Like she was just like I just want like a nice guy that's like yeah. into you know into my lifestyle and like down to chill with me and I don't understand why that was so hard to to figure out. For the and kid is gonna get like a billion requests after this. Like yeah, she's gonna probably, become a dude. local celebrity. She was she was she definitely was like she was one the of the most likable people yeah. on the show. Yeah. For sure. uh, I think another likable dude was just Vyasser, just like yeah, super nice teddy bear for, in Texas with a fucked up family history, but yeah. great guy nonetheless. Yeah. yeah, if there's anyone that I thought was actually, like, being genuine on the show, it was this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. He was, yeah, I felt like the most, like, I actually know this guy the most after watching this show. Like, <coughs> Don't you guys feel like you know him? Like, don't you feel like you know some guy like him? I don't know. He felt very familiar as I was watching the show for some reason. Um, I don't know if I know yeah, anyone exactly like him, but, like, I also feel like I would be down to chill with VSR. And Viasaurus. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying these names no. all wrong, and it's not. It's kind <laughs> of on purpose, but it's it's. I'm not. It's not in a bad way. Viasaur. He's just a good guy. the The only thing that was like really frustrating is like if you're bi- if you're on this reality TV show for the first time, and the producers are like, "Yeah, you know that dark, dark secret that you have about your father. I want you to repeat that story as many times as possible on television." And, like, really get into it. When you're telling your friends, like, really sell it. And I'm like, bro, like, all this guy's trying to do is find love. I hated that shit, dude. Yeah. That was one of the things that annoyed me the most about the show is the, the melodrama that they were almost, like, force-feeding <laughs> you. It's just, like, leave the guy alone, man. This is clearly traumatic for him, and you're going to record a conversation he's having with his new girlfriend about this? Like, come on, man. Leave the guy alone. It's, Poor guy. it's also just, like, he probably got picked because of that story. Yeah, I would assume so. Also, remember, it's still reality television at the end of the day. You need to have something. You can't just have regular people on the show. Or at least, like, they won't pick regular people like that on the show. So clearly, like, we have a lot to talk about. I mean, overall, what were your just, like, favorite part fa- favorite parts of the show? I like the cutscenes with Seema. I-, yes. I liked it because, like... The whole time when she's talking to the family and they're like saying ridiculous shit, outlandish shit, she's sitting there all quiet. And then she'll tell you how she really feels in private. It felt like, like you know, it feels like that's like the behind the scenes shit where she's like, "Yeah, they're crazy." Like, yeah. <laughs> and she would always let you know how hard her job was. In every scene, it started with, "This is gonna be tough. This one's gonna be hard. <laughs> this one specifically is gonna be hard." And I love that she was, uh, she was a badass. Yeah, I I thought the uh I just love the overall production value. Like I feel like that's what made this show step up from like pure reality trash to like oh, like they're they're getting cute with it, like with the cutscenes, with um how they like the the Harry Met Sally like 
scenes with the two family, like the couples, and they're like, yo, I've been married 50 years, and they're like <laughs> showing the, gr- the the bright sides, and yeah. you're like, oh, wow, it's like this Dada talking about like, yo, I've been married 50 years, and it's worked perfectly, and like just old people in love, and like speaking fondly of this tradition, I mean, we just talked about so many of the, the damaging elements and some of the vices of this overall culture, but arranged marriages have worked for centuries and they continue to work for certain reasons. And you have all these like very, very happy couples. And I just like, that was like just very, I like how they just kind of filled that in from episode to episode. Um, I love how every time they introduce a new character, Seema's like, so what do you want? Like, tell me what you want. And then they break (laughs) out the list it's almost like, have you ever seen the dating show Next? Yeah, it's just yeah. like, these are my three facts. Yeah. Instead, it's like, yo, this is what I want in a guy. Like, that's why I felt like that's why I felt like this was like an MTV show. Like I would have seen this in like 2009. It's yeah, no, I agree. I I think you you hit on all the the parts that I liked about. It. I I like the the couple scenes. I like their stories. I thought that was you know that's like a cute way to like start an episode. Um and also give like perspective on like the side that works especially since they didn't have any that actually worked out on the show that they could like you know kind of take <laughs> forward but yeah i yeah I, and you you mentioned the production value but i felt like there was parts in this show where the production value really like failed like what like they were going through like i think shaker was on the boat with nadia and they were going through like they were like on a boat on the river and they're going underneath like the bridges and they didn't like adjust the lighting. So you could just like you could just see it get really dark for a second and like go up it, like the light like flashes up. Or like there's like a cut scene where they're interviewing Nadia and it's like super dark. Like those are just random things like that where it was just like uh I don't I mean you could have <laughs> fixed that easily. I feel like how did yeah, they miss this? That's fair. But what about like when she's laying the saris and they're playing like dubstep <laughs> in the background? No, no, like, most of, most of it is good. Like the, I mean, you mentioned like the list and stuff. And that I mean that that type of stuff, you know, keeps it keeps you on your toes. It's it's nice to watch and and have that like, um, what is that consistency like throughout? I I just felt like there was a couple parts of just like the filming aspect where they just like. That's just a really like picky thing to even <laughs> say. Like that, it has nothing to do with anything about the show. That's how you know Nikhil does not watch reality TV because he's like, <laughs> challenging the lighting. <laughs> the lighting was crazy, dude. It was so. The cinematography obvious. of this scene was so blah. <laughs> we were talking about I how awkward it is to have a camera on your face on a date. Can you imagine a camera and a big ass like light that is <laughs> shining on you while you're on this boat? <laughs> So, clearly, this is a super popular show. People have a lot of opinions on it. It's sparking a lot of discussion. So, pretty fair to assume that there will probably be a season two. Will you guys be watching? If you guys make me. (laughs) 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 But this isn't a show that you would pick up on your own just to see if they put any closure? Yeah, maybe. I mean... I'd watch it if I'm with I'm with like five of my friends on like a Friday night and we don't have anything to watch and we need to just put something on like I don't know if I'd sit here on my own and watch this again. Um but actually but at the, on the flip side we did just have like this discussion on it so I kind of want to like 
see if they made any of those changes that we talked about like earlier like or what changes actually happened w- from season one to season two so i guess the answer is fucking yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm locked in baby sign me <laughs> up i i just watched this season with uh two of my roommates who neither of them are indian and they loved it and they're like yeah i'd continue going because that's the thing is like at first you go in for the cultural exploration and you're intrigued by this matchmaking. But then at the end of the day, you get tied into the storylines. And what's a better storyline than finding love? Matesh is going to be on season two for sure. <laughs> With that line, oh my God. <laughs> this is unbelievable. We've never heard anything like this come out of Matesh's Holy mouth. shit, this dude. Is... I'll just, I just want to shadow Seema. I actually don't want to be a participant. I want to be like her assistant, and I just want to be interviewing. You should the be. You should be like her uh, apprentice. Yeah. And the go SEMA under. internship program. Yeah. Worldwide, Matesh. He just goes and sit, He goes and sits in a on, in a table in the back, for now. Yeah, I'm Matesh from Chicago. <laughs> Matesh, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> Sooner this. Soon enough, Matash will be making those matches. They'll call it Matchmaker Matash. Matchmaking Mitt. <laughs> Matchmaking Mitt. Triple M. Add that, yeah, add that to my bio data. Yeah. He doesn't take naps, point two. He's a matchmaker. Do you guys have anything else you want to cover? I got, yeah, I got one last, one last question. Did you know or hear of anybody that knew someone on the show? Yeah. Yes. Two. How? My name is, but isn't that the fucking crazy? How crazy is that? Yeah. And that's one of like the, I don't know if it's bad, if it's good, if it's just weird, how small this community is in the States. Even though there's millions, like not millions, but there's so <laughs> many Indians, Americans. The fact that we all have heard from individuals that they know people and or have gone on dates with people in this show. Indians, man. <laughs> Matash needed to put his two cents in about that. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's oh, all I got to say. Freaking Indians, man. 